by the time I got to college, I had, you know, that entrepreneurial spirit. I had already done things like selling candy on a train. Yo, for somebody to sell candy on a train, that's a big thing, bro. Like yeah. people don't really think about it, but you're standing in front of full blown strangers yeah. and you're selling them a product that they don't know where you got from. You ain't got no certifications. You know what I'm saying? Like you're standing up in front of this random crowd. You're doing your pitch. You're pitching them something and you're convincing them to buy your product. Now imagine if everybody in the hood knew that that's what they were doing. That's a real part of the business world. You're pitching to random people and you're selling a product. You're showing them value propositions. Okay. You're hungry. I got this snack, fruit snacks. What's up? (laughs) $1 each. So you know, I always, I feel like my life was always, you know, going on this path where I was going to end up with something. I was going to end up doing something. I don't know what it was going to be, but it was going to be something. Mi gente, dímelo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Quien Tu Eres podcast brought to you by Plural. The clip you heard in the intro was with this week's special guest, my man, Hector Castillo Carvajal. Let me give you a quick little bio on my man, Hector. Hector is the founder of Don Carvajal Cafe, and he is a 23-year-old Afro-Latino entrepreneur on a mission to reimagine the specialty coffee market. He was born on a small farm in the Dominican Republic and returned there often while growing up in the Bronx, an experience that gave him a unique perspective on the coffee supply chain. After pursuing an education at CUNY Gutman and the University of Rochester, Hector returned to the Bronx to build a coffee business model that is both fair to producers and inclusive to consumers. In just two years, he's taken the brand from operating out of a dorm room to a citywide distribution network that roasts 500 pounds of beans each week. Now, one more thing before we get into the episode. If you all are a fan of this podcast, if you're enjoying what you're listening to, please just do us a favor and like, subscribe, follow. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts specifically, I know there's an option to leave a review. Please leave a review so that we know what we're doing right, what we can improve on, but most importantly, so that these stories could get heard by more people. Thank you. Now, with that said, let's get into the episode. So yeah, man. All right. Welcome to the Can't Do It As Podcast, bro. Excited to have you. And, uh, you know, we don't, we don't have that much time and a lot, lot to talk about. So let's kick it off with the first question, man, that I always ask people. Um, you know, when you hear the word authenticity and when people tell you, tell you to be your most authentic self, what comes to mind for you? For me, it, it's, you know, it's for me to be myself. It's for me to be, you know, playing some them boat in, in the spot. You know what I mean? For me to be myself is to me, tell people in the specialty coffee world that I drink coffee out of a, out of a Greca, bro. Like in the specialty coffee world, a Greca is not a respected instrument to brew coffee, to be honest with you. It's like you really? got to get all these expensive coffee makers and things, things like that. And for me to walk up in the building, like, you know what? I embraced like a month ago. I was like, you know what? I like brewing in a Greca. Like, it's my background right now. It, it, it's a little Greca. And I'm just like, yo, like, that's how we give it up. That's it. Like, you know, um, so for me, it's like challenging the status quo. Like, what? It's like what people think it's cool or what they want you to think is cool and you you conform to that for you to go against that is you being you. You know, so for me, it's, you know, me being myself, me talking my Spanglish, me talking like I'm from the Bronx, you know what I mean? Um, and letting people know where I'm actually from instead of trying to sugarcoat it. Um, and letting people know how I burn my coffee. I mean, that's it, you know what I'm saying? So 
So yeah. Bro, that's so funny, man. Now it's interesting though, because you go with I mean, it's not like you go into a coffee shop and like people are making things with grecas, right? Like they're doing no right. pour overs. They got the espresso machines and right. and all of that right. stuff. And I definitely want to get into that, man. But it's interesting, like the first few words that you said were like greca, dembo, and the Bronx, right? Yeah. I'm just gonna assume you're Dominican, but am I right? Essentially, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about where you grew up, man. Just that like your family, like what was that like growing up? Yeah, so I was born in the Dominican Republic in Bani. Ah. And I came to the Bronx when I was eight years old to my family. Uh was to a family of immigrantes and uh, I was raised here pretty much. I went to, you know, elementary, middle school, and uh, high school and college here. And uh, I grew up in the Bronx. My whole life, I lived in the Bronx. The only time I didn't really live in the Bronx was when I went away to college. I went upstate to the University of Rochester. I was there for a year and some change. And that was my only experience. So I grew up in the Bronx, Fordham. You know what I mean? I got to see it all. <laughs> I saw Cardi B one time, walk up with like her heels at like five in the morning after the club before she became <laughs> Cardi B. Uh, you know, so I, I'm, just, I'm just a kid from the Bronx, you know, in the hood. Um, that, that's pretty much it. You know, I mean, that's where I'm from. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting, man. Cardi B back in the day. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So to, to give you a little bit more background, because I was actually just writing a piece on on this new product that I'm launching, and it's called the Greca Blend. And it's literally a blend of coffee for the Greca. It's something that I created that I wanted to, you know, actually evoke my background. Where am I from? Who's Hector? Who's Don Carabajal Cafe? Where did this originate? And um, it, it's a blend that I'm coming up with or that I came up with to make people feel like they're in the campo in DR, in Dominican Republic, and, and that they're drinking that coffee out of a wooden fire. Although it's definitely not the same out of, you know, uh, an, an anafe of just wooden fire and the flames and the ashes. It's not the same taste and feel, but I'm trying to get you as close as possible to that. And um, I was really writing the like the description and the blurb because I'm putting a note card in it to give people a background of where did this come from. And that's where I was tapping into. I was like, I'm this kid from this campo and the countryside of DR. And I was raised picking onions and watermelons and climbing mango trees. And in the morning, this was an essential part to my culture. Like the Greca, like this little coffee maker was the first thing OGs did in the morning every day. And if it wasn't that, it was the little colador. The old little sock. La, yeah, yeah, la, yeah. La, la media vieja. So I was writing all of this down and I was like, yo, that's crazy. It's so much culture. And, you know, this Greca blend for me is like, you know, I want to create a product that is that, that celebrates my community, the Latinx, the Hispanic, the Latino community. And, and that's just Greca. And, and, and it's interesting that you say that because I was literally just pouring my heart out into this blurb. And now you say that. So that was a little interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting because, like, I've always, like, I grew up with my mom, grandma, like, making it on the Greca and all those things. But I didn't know how much, like, of a statement that was in the coffee world. Because, like, I don't know, like, for whatever reason, when you were talking, I thought about it, like, the art world. How, like, graffiti and even, like, street art, like, you'll never see those things in museums. But, like, for example, Banksy, when I went to one of his exhibits, um, it was saying that his artwork would never be in a museum. And it's because of this idea, not that it's bad art, it's just like the pretentious people that have, that like call the shots on all these things, they just have this idea around like how art is supposed to be made. And like, I'm wondering if that's the same thing with Greca. Like I've always just associated with part of the culture, but I didn't know there was such a like a a thing around like, that's not how you're supposed to make coffee. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, the, the Greca, you know, for us, it's such a big statement, you know what I mean? But you don't really realize it. You know, like, my, my, I was here with my nephew earlier, and I was showing him coffee, and he was like, I want to try it. And I'm like, all right, cool, you know, can have a sip. And then, you know, it's, it's crazy how it's such a big part of our culture. He's like, he looks at me, he's like, yo, you really love this coffee stuff, man. Like, you really like this coffee <laughs> stuff. Abuelito like this coffee stuff. My mom loved this coffee stuff. What's up with this coffee stuff? And I'm like, yo, it's just a part of the culture. Like, yeah. everybody's about that life, you know what I mean? So it's, it's wild how, how much it's a part of our everyday lives, but we don't really realize it you know, yeah. um, especially when it comes to brands like Bustero and all these other things and like the Greca and things like that. It's, it's insane. You know what I mean? But when we step back and look at it, it's like, wow, you know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I'm so interested, man. Like, cause part of, part of you growing up in the States, right. You immigrated from DR, like, like my family immigrated as well. Right. And there's part of that narrative that they want us to, to be a certain thing, right. They have certain expectations for us. So I know like you went away to school, like, did you always, have that idea that you wanted to launch your own coffee company or did you think like i don't know i'm making this up you were going to go into finance or something yeah it was very spontaneous um i've always been a very i've always been very entrepreneurial i've sold candy on the trains i've sold t-shirts in high school beanies the whole nine i think if you're from the hood you've sold a little bit of everything right <laughs> so that's that's just the reality so i've always been very entrepreneurial you know what i mean i grew up with a brother that was always into his business things and you know we come from a very poor background and you know we're, we've always been hustlers like we always knew you know it's not about where we come from it's about where we're going and it was always that vision and it was always there and we just always loved entrepreneurship because i would see him do his sales and there was that sense of dopamine of productivity like mm -hmm. like if you do sales the only thing stopping you is yourself. It's on you. You're going to do sales. You're going to get your commissions. If you're not making sales, you're not getting commissions. It's that simple, plain and fact. And the thing about sales and, 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 and being an entrepreneur and being an entrepreneur, it's all about how you tell your story. Everybody has a story. We're all sellable, right? Let's look at it like that. We're all sellable. We all have a story. And growing up, I've always been, you know, friendly. I've always been outspoken. I've always knew that, you know, the terminology that I learned growing up in the hood wasn't going to get me to where I wanted to get to. So I was always like, yo, let me read up a little on a little something. Let me talk to people that talk different, you know, from different communities, from different backgrounds, so I can educate myself on the way different kinds of people speak, the way different kinds of people think, you know what I mean? And, and that's really what enhanced my brain and my palate of, of just different ways to deal with people. And um, by the time I got to college, I had, you know, that entrepreneurial spirit. I had already done things like selling candy on a train. Yo, for somebody to sell candy on a train, that's a big thing, bro. Like yeah. people don't really think about it, but you're standing in front of full blown strangers yeah. and you're selling them a product that they don't know where you got from. You ain't got <laughs> no certifications. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like you're standing up and front of this random crowd you're doing your pitch you're pitching them something and you're convincing them to buy your product now imagine if everybody in the hood knew that that's what they were doing that's a real part of the business world you're pitching to random people and you're selling a product you're showing yeah. them value propositions okay you're hungry i got this snack fruit snacks what's up <laughs> one dollar each so you know i always i feel like my life was always you know, going on this path where I was going to end up with something. I was going to end up doing something. I don't know what it was going to be, but it was going to be something. And um, one day I drank a really good cup of coffee. And um, I was like, espérate, this is not that much. Espérate. Bro, espérate, take it easy, papi. <laughs> I was like, this is not your Bustelo. This is not your Folgers. 
what is this? And they were like, yo, this is a specialty cup from this part of, you know, Colombia. Se llama El Eje Cafetero. It's like the perfect place in the world, in the center of the world for you to produce coffee because of the elevation, the temperatures, the soil, the climate. They were just breaking it down. And I was like, wow, I never knew coffee could be so complicated. That's how I looked at it back then. You know what I mean? And then I started, I got curious. I was like, yo, let me look this up. Let me research it. And um, by the time I went back to college, because this is during uh, winter break here in the Bronx, mm -hmm. uh, I was interning somewhere. And um, I went back to, to my spring semester and uh, my professor was like, yo, you guys got to create a marketing plan and a business plan for a certain brand or product. And it's either you use one that's already out there like Porsche or Comcast or whatever, or you make your own. You can make like a mock product. And I was like, you know what? I'm curious on this coffee thing and I've been doing research on it. Can I do it on that? And and he was like, listen, if your teammates are cool with it, I'm cool with it. And I just need everybody to be on the same page. And uh, he was like, yeah. And we, we did it. We got curious. And then, you know, throughout college in that class, I got to involve because typically I've always been the type of guy to have classwork, work, and then like my curiosities. So then it was like, this is a beautiful way to connect my curiosities into classwork and knock two birds out with one stone. Yeah. And then I had this class project and it was me working on my curiosity, which is the coffee world. And then doing my classwork that I had to do because <laughs> I was a college student. And um, at the ending of the term, we did the presentation. We actually had real bags of coffee there presented. We passed it around the class. My friend came through. She, she used to work at Starbucks back then on campus because she was a student as well. She pulled up with a French press. Shorty brewed the coffee that we actually came up with, bro. We went full force. Like, we well, you were making with, your own coffee at that point? Yeah, like, so the way it went down was we have an entrepreneurship center on campus. It's called the AIM Center for Entrepreneurship. And mm -hmm. um, they have a small grant for students to, to, you know, go to a conference or attend an event, you know, for entrepreneurship to enhance skills, to network. And then, you know, it's something you can also use for like a project. And I was like, listen, I just want to make this project more real. Like, I wasn't looking at it as a business back then. I, just, I was looking at it as a, as a real experience. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I was just like, listen, I, if I could get, you know, 300 bucks, you know, I could make this a real product, make it a real experience and add it to my resume. Like if I could create a real prototype, a real business plan, a real marketing plan, that's something me and my team could go to a company and be like, listen, I've done that. What's up? I got, I got weight under my belt. You know what I mean? So then that I pitched it and they actually gave me the funds and I bought green coffee, raw coffee. I bought the bags. I got a local company to roast it. And then we came through with a full blown product. Like, yo, this is, this is, this is what we talk about. This is it right here. <laughs> and we brewed it and Ilocolamo and people drank it and people was like, yo, this is fire. And I wasn't the one who roasted it. It was a local company, but ironically we sourced good coffee and then it was roasted properly. And then, you know, we packaged it. It was fresh. People rocked with it. We presented it at the ending of the class. People was like, yo, like, yeah, 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 finished. And I was like, yeah, we finished. We done that. That was it. And they was like, yo, I see you got some extra bags at the front of the <laughs> class. Can we buy that? I was like, I looked at my team and like, yo, they trying to buy that. They're like, yo, how much? I'm like, well, the presentation said $17.95. Okay. <laughs> That's the price. They pulled out a 20. I was like, I got no change. They was like, just keep the change. I was like, yo, homie just gave me $20, 20 beans. Yeah, yeah. Or a bag of coffee, bro. My mom buys Bustelo two for five, my man. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, your mom buys Bustelo? Hold up. No, 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 no. Past tense. I'm talking okay, about. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm talking about in the current time. You know what I mean? Okay, so, okay. So, you gotta clarify. So, gotta. No, 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 no. Chill, 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 chill. So, <laughs> so yeah. In in the time, right? And that that was like, yo, my mom buys Bustelo two for five, 
here's somebody just paid me $20. That's four times the price for way less coffee. And um, yeah, bro, class ended. We got the best grades, the whole shit. That's fire, bro. And I went to my dorm and I was like, well, let me Google how to research. I mean, how to, how to reserve a company. <laughs> and I reserved on Cover Hall Cafe, bro. I was like, I was like, yo, the name's available. How do I file an LLC? I did the research. I hit yeah. up my homeboy who knew about that. And then I just got it on and popping, bro. I sold the rest of the coffee and I just kept on flipping it. I'm still flipping coffee to this day. I'm just like, yeah, flipping, yeah. flipping, flipping, flipping. And uh, just keep it going. So that, that's literally how that happened. It was like, I had a good cup. Then it just this interesting path towards like this class project. And then it was just there. Then my teammates were very supportive. And then we presented it. People resonated with it crazy. And mm -hmm. then we even had it on in, in the school's dining hall for like a week. Fire. We had it at the store and on campus for like a week. It was crazy. And then it just popped off, bro. I started selling on Instagram. I pulled up like, yo, what up fam? Uh, if anybody want to support and buy some coffee, just DM me. And people really DM me. People DM'd me and I was, they was like, how, how can I pay you? Do you have a website? I was like, yo, homies, Zelle, Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, lo que tu quiera, bro. It's money's meal, money. Meal swipes. You feel me? Let's talk. <laughs> Let's talk. So, bro, there's so, so much, there's so much we got to unpack there though, man. Like, first of all, can we go back to even like you on the train selling like candy and stuff? Cause that's, that is difficult shit, bro. Like Facts. you literally got two minutes to do all that shit that you spoke about. No, not even. Probably like a minute between train stops, depending on how long that shit is. Facts, um, and you got to convince people. But besides like the, the tactical shit, like how like you mentally just being like, I'm going to just sell candy. Like why? Where were you? Like you got you got to have some confidence, some like was there like what was that, bro? Tell me about that. It, it, it's funny because so fun fact, I was a high school dropout at some point. Okay. Um, I was a high school dropout. Was my my head just wasn't in the right space. I didn't have the motivation for it, so I stopped going to school. I started mm -hmm. working um, at a, at a car shop, and then my boy was like, "Yo, you're not making money where you at?" And we in the hood, like homies, like my homies is getting fly. They getting money, you know. They're like, "Yo, bro, you got to get up on this wave." And I, I'm looking at him like, "Homie, you sell drugs. I'm not here for that, bro. I'm sorry. I just can't sell drugs, my G. I'm sorry." I'm a whole immigrant. I'll get deported, my G. I'm good, bro. But apart from ethical reasons, I can't. You know what I mean? So then he's like, nah, bro, I don't do that, bro. I sell candy. I was like, nah, son. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, nah, son. You got the newest Jays. You got the true religions back then. Uh, uh, homie had the polo on. I'm like, nah, bro, you, you ain't selling no candy, son. And he was like, bro, just trust me. He, yo, he come, It took him like two weeks to convince me. And then he was like, yo, we out. I'll buy the candy for you, bro. Like, I hold it down for you. And then you just flip it. And I was like, nah, bro, homie's capping. Yo, we, we, he took me to BJ's, bro, 149. We went, bought, bought some fruit snacks. And then homie took me to, to 77th Street in Manhattan. That's, that's the hustler spot. And, bro, I flipped that in 30 minutes. Two boxes, bro. And then a box used to bring 24 pieces, yeah. right? So I sold $48 in 30 minutes. And I was like, yo, that's crazy because the box cost me seven. I was like, nah, that's wild, bro. I just made $17 profit. Boom. That's crazy, yeah. Times two, right? So then I'm like, per box, I make 17. And then we used to go during peak hour. And then the first day, I was like, yo, it's really like that? It's really like that. And then we came back the next day, bro, and boom, came back again. Then we came back the next day, boom. And then at some point, I went back to high school, which is- You're like, I can't, I can't do this forever, yeah. No, 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 yeah. I went back to high school, um, and, um, but I was still doing that after school. And like, yo, at some point, yeah, my, my boy put me on. 
And then I really saw that it was a thing. And then I would go there every day. And then we started, we, we stopped going on the train and we just started standing at a station on 77th Street, six line money, right? But we used to just stand there, bro, and all these corporate people and all these high-end folks would just come out, bro. And they would see you every day. And they're like, listen, you're not selling drugs. You're selling candy. I rock with you. Homies will throw you a 20, like, hold it down. I don't want no candy. Just keep on doing you. You in school? Yeah, I bet. Boom. 20 beans. Wow. Somebody else will come through. Boom. $5. Boom. You know what I mean? People just, yo, people just yeah, yeah. appreciate the hustle and respect that you're not taking the other alternatives. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's and- that is crazy too because it's like if you doing if you selling people like strangers on a train candy right like i would think that if you go into a meeting to sell your coffee now i'm like that's nothing you remember what i used to do back in the day facts facts not it's really like that honestly sometimes i forget about things like that and and it's really like that bro um we used to really sit in front of random people talk about fruit snacks fruit snacks like it's only <laughs> it's only a dollar yeah. like it's crazy. Nah, yeah, Tell me about, and it's interesting too, man, because you talk about like everyone has a story and it's so true, right? But I think some of us are not always as proud to talk about our stories or sometimes feel like shy to talk about it, but you feel like you seem just so open, like proud um, and also like just very thoughtful, man. Just like you thinking back and be like, yo, I did this, this and that. Like, I wish other people thought about it like that. But for example, like I've had other guests on and they're, they're from the Bronx um, and they sometimes feel like they don't always want to share that because some people have like negative perceptions of the Bronx and which is obviously yeah. wrong. Right. Yeah. But for you and sharing your story, right, like, like, are there any thoughts around that around like just being shy or hesitant or are you just like, fuck it, this is me. Uh, for honestly, it's just me, bro. Like I, 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 like I try to tell kids from the Bronx, yo, it's okay to be you. You feel me? Like, I want to open up a roasting space in a coffee shop in the Bronx because I want to establish that preference. You like, do I have people telling me, yo, go to Yonkers? Yes. Do I have people telling me, yo, go to certain parts of Westchester? Yes. Do I have certain people telling me, go to Queens, go to Brooklyn, go to Manhattan? Yes. All day long. But I'm just like, I'm not from there. I want to build where I'm from. You know, if I want to give somebody a job, I want to give it to somebody from my community. And I wouldn't be able to say roasted in the Bronx because we have so many negative connotations towards the Bronx. I want to be able to build against that. You know what I'm saying? And and I think it's one of those things where it's like, yo, we from here, bro. Like people really try to, you know, put all these stereotypes on us and say all these things. And it's just like, bro, you got to embrace it. It's like me being Dominican. They say all Dominican men are no good. Listen, oh, ma. <laughs> it's like, listen, ma, that's not all of us. And it's the same thing for the Bronx. You feel me? It's like, bro, bro, that, that's not all of us. <laughs> how, how, many, how many women run away from you when you tell them you're, you're Dominican? I'm like, listen, ma, we're not all the same. <laughs> Yo, I've legit been on first dates and I'd be like, I should be like, oh, where you from? I'd be like, I'm Dominican. They'd be like, wait, what? I thought, I thought you were, they think like I'm black and white and I'd be like, yeah. oh no, this is, check please i'm like yo chill nah that's crazy bro every that's time crazy. b or like you be uh <laughs> like back in the day thinking back in the day like last year when uh you know used to go out and dance and shit and you know dancing with them and they'd be like oh my god where you from like i didn't i didn't expect a black guy to be dancing bachata so i'll be like oh no nah, i'm dominican gone wow, they leave like, you like, middle of the dance floor just run to their girls that, like nah that. i can't do this that's crazy. That's crazy. It really be like that. Yo, it's, it's, and that's the same connotation. So it's like saying you're from the Bronx or oh, you're from the Bronx or oh, you're from that side of town. You know what I mean? It, it's a little crazy. <laughs> but, you know, us good Dominican men from the Bronx, you know, we're we going we gonna to build it up. 
Um, yeah. and, uh, hashtag, hashtag Dominican men don't cheat. Facts. Facts. <laughs> hashtag Dominican men don't cheat squared. <laughs> Double that. Yeah, no, nah, I agree. So you, I, that's dope, man. Because, yeah, I, I feel like that's what we need, man. Because we often, like, if you were to open your, your spot in the Bronx, right, and then people that are that grew up in the same neighborhood that you did, they pass by your shop and they they probably look at you and be like, oh, I wonder who owns the place. Like, he probably just works there. You know what I mean? But to see right. that representation and then be like, nah, I own this joint. Be like, oh, shit. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it just shows them the possibility, man. Yeah, um, I, I agree. And, and that's the beautiful part. You know what I mean? Like, I, I've been featured on Telemundo, NBC. Yeah you know, Young and a few of the networks and, and it's beautiful. You know what I mean? Like News 12 as well, which is a local channel. Mm-hmm. And I have people DM me all the time like, yo, that's dope. You're from the Bronx. I am too. Or I'm Dominican and I love what you're doing because I don't really see people like us in the game or any type yeah. of game. You know what I mean? In the equity game, in the ownership part. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people resonate with that. And that's why I love telling my story and being genuine about it. Like, trust me, I have bad days too, bro. People think I'm a genuine superhero, bro. <laughs> people think I'm a superhero and I'm like not a regular person. And I'm like, yo, I have my days too. You know what I mean? But sometimes the things that like get me up out of those like soggy days is like, yo, like I have people that like legit look up to me. And I have people that look at me as a role model. And I have people that literally be like, yo, heck is the man. And I'm like, do you really think that? Like, you really think that? And they're like, yo, you putting on for us. Like, it's not really people like that. And it's one of those things where it really took me a while because I'm I'm a very humble dude. I try not to let things get to my head because a lot of people do say, and yeah, I'm yeah. not like that. But I realized that and I was like, yo, like, I got to keep on hustling. I got to keep on putting on because there's people looking at me. You know what I mean? Like, I've spoken to fifth graders and they like their the reaction they had to seeing somebody that looked like them in a certain diff, in a, in a different space was like, oh, shit. That's crazy. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so for me, like, it's, it's a beautiful thing to just share my story and be genuine, bro. Like, you got to be yourself. Okay, if you're not being yourself, then what are you being? You're being yeah. an imposter. And it goes, I think it goes even deeper than just, like, looking like you, right? Because you're speaking like them. You know what I mean? Like, right, you're right. dressing like them as well, right? Because right. you could walk in there and be, like, one of these corporate dudes. that, And, like, to, you, to your point, right? Like, you can be an imposter and they're going to be like, who's this lame-ass dude, bro? Like, I ain't trying to All fuck right. with him. Right. <laughs> <Fine>. <laughs> It, it, but it's so it's so interesting, man. We talk about sales because I'm in sales too. And like even going back to that train example, right? Like that's a very transactional relationship, right? Like it's a one-time thing. You may or may not see them again, right? right. But these days, right? Like you're selling yourself to um, distributors, for example, right? And these are like long-term relationships, right? Nice. So I know for me, like I always say like, uh, you know, I'm, I used to work at Facebook. Now I'm at TikTok. But like before I was like, I'm a full-time Facebook employee, but I'm also a full-time actor because when I go into these meetings, <laughs> I'm like, oh, how do you do it, sir? You know, all this kind of shit. Nice. But then it was like, it was really tough. But when I started really, really doing well at my job is when I stopped doing that and just being myself. You know what I mean? But nice. like, did you have that moment where you started to code switch and eventually just like, you know what, this isn't me. Let me just be yeah. myself. Or like, were you always like that? I would say it was very interesting for me because a pillar to my success has been like the supermarkets and local supermarkets. And mm. most, 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 most supermarkets, like 90% plus are owned by Dominicans or Latinos and Latinas. Mm. You know what I mean? So like, I, I didn't really have to be an engineering self. You know what I mean? Like I was just, I, I would, I would try to be more Dominican and try to be more, more, more Hispano. And I'm like, damn, so like I'm homies just kicking in his Spanish. I, I got to do a sales pitch in Spanish. Esperate. Yo. <laughs> That's a whole different ballgame. You know what I mean? So so for me, it wasn't that difficult. Um, I would say I, I do farmer's markets in Westchester. You know what I mean? And um, it's, it's pretty dope to meet 
different kinds of people from different backgrounds and they look at us like yo yeah, yeah from the bronx and yeah come on the way up here and i'm like yeah bro like it's we hustling we, we gotta do what we gotta do you know what i mean and people really resonate with us and my culture like i, I they'll ask me what, what kind of coffee would you recommend and i'm like i don't want to be biased but you got to get the Dominicano. You know what I'm saying? It's like, why is that? It's like, yo soy de ahí. It's a beautiful coffee. All of my coffees are amazing, but you got to try this Dominican. And it's like me representing for my culture. Are you from the, where are you guys based? We're based in the Bronx. We're based in the Bronx. Yeah, I don't want, I don't know what you want me to tell you. We're based in the Bronx. Oh, what coffee you recommend? El Dominicano. I'm putting off for the community. You know what I mean? And people ask me, how do you guys get started? And I tell them the whole shebang. Oh, this kid went to college. Oh, por no bruto. Okay, got it. Cool. All right. <laughs> so you started with this, that, that, that. Okay, cool. You learned roasting. You did everything on your own. So, you know, people people really appreciate when you're being yourself. You know what I mean? Because when you're trying to kiss ass, it's just like you're just looking up to what they're already putting out for you. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But, but people really appreciate you being yourself. And, and they appreciate somebody being different and unique. You know what I mean? Like, that's all it is, bro. Like, I, I think sometimes people try too much to be like everybody else, but they can't stand out because they look like everybody else. You know, yeah, or they yeah, sound yeah. like everybody else. You know what I mean? Have you always been like that? Or did you have a moment where you were just like, you know, I'm just going to be myself? No, bro. You know what's crazy, bro? I, I'll tell you the truth. In my freshman year of high school and some of my sophomore, I used to try to get down with people. And, and you know, oh, damn, they weren't Jordans. My mom ain't buying me that. <laughs> oh mom like they're wearing polo boots i want that she's like nah you know what i mean like you're trying to fit in you're trying to wear what they wear you're trying to talk how they talk you want to listen to what they listen to and you try to be down and then i think when 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 i was you know, when I, I really had a pivotal experience so when i dropped out of high school and i wasn't going my mom found out my mom did the El dominican mom treatment bro she sent me back to dr bro I was in El Campo for six months and I was working, bro, busting my ass, picking onions, working on watermelons in the Campo, like se fue la luz, the whole shebang, bro, like cooking in a, you know, anafe with the wood fire, the whole nine, bro. Like I was deep for six months. And in that experience, I was like 16. I was like, yo, like it's real out here. You know what I mean? Like this is where I'm from, though. And I embraced it like, yo, this is where I'm from. I love this place. But, like, it's rough out here, and I got to get my life together. And when I saw how many kids didn't go to school back home, and I was like, yo, y'all really need the school, though. You know what I mean? Like, y'all really need the education. Y'all really need the resources. It was like, nah, heck, you sound like a, crip a hypocrite because you're not going to school. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to teach kids game on, on educating themselves, and it's like, but you don't even go to school, son. So then I came back like, I right, like, you know what, bro, get your life together. Add some value to yourself. Because if you don't have any education or anything like that, what what kind, you don't have any value in terms of certifications or a degree. If you want a corporate job, you ain't getting one. You know what I'm saying? If you want a good nine to five, you might not get one. Like, it's going to be a lot of hurdles. And I know him and I know her. And you know what I mean? It's just a different world. So for yeah. me, it was like, you know what? Add value to yourself. And that experience is just just made me embrace who I am. Like, you're seeing Dominicano that from this countryside. I came back and I was just like, yeah, I want to do that. That's cool. I can't afford that cool y'all want to go out with some johns y'all could do that i can't afford that bro like i i just i don't got money like that bro like i i just don't i'm a poor kid from the bronx that's dominicano from the campo and that's just who i am and i think after that experience you know i came back to school and i just i just hit the ground running bro i became a leader like, you know what i mean i started doing leadership activities i started yeah. volunteering at community gardens and i got to just do different things than i was used to and um it just, it just, you know, this, the whole shebang, it just, I just started getting more experiences in different environments. I love that, I, man. I That's actually dope. got an internship experience from a lady I met on the train. 
her name is Megna, and, and she saw me selling candy on the train or at 77th Street, and she came up to me, and she asked me, she was like, I lied, it was 68th Street because the cops pulled up at 77th Street. <laughs> the, yo, the cops harass you on the train, by the way. Oh, yeah, they'll yeah. Take your, they'll take your candy and your money until you don't come back here. Anyways, <laughs> um, the cops pulled up at 77th Street, so I went, took the train one stop to 68th Street. Then I was selling my candy there, and then I was, stand, I was standing by the stairs, and I was selling my fruit snacks, and this lady comes up to me in this suit and with her suitcase, and she, she looks at me, and she just asks me, hey, kid, you ever thought about going to college? And I looked at her like, nah. And this is, I was selling candy after school, you know, after I, was, I went, back to, went back to high school. And um, I was like, nah, I never really thought about that. Why? She's like, here's my business card. You should come see me. She's like, email me, and you should come see me in my office. And I'm over here like, son, I got to send an email. What, how do I write an email? <laughs> so then I had to, I literally Googled how to write an email. You know what I mean? The whole shebang, you know, the hello and the kind regards. The model, <laughs> and, uh, it was weird for me. And that was when I made my first professional Gmail. Uh, Cause I had, you know, we all have our crazy things from our team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, I had, I had young DR baller 27. <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot what I had. It was like no cap zero six or something like that. I, I don't know. <laughs> So, so yeah, um, um, I did that, I sent it, you know what I mean? Then she invited me to her office for lunch or after school. And then I went and I was like, yo, this is a whole shebang. This is an office office. It was 420 Lexington, Grand Central, bro, like 25th floor. I literally went after selling candy, um, like after I knew the, the appointment date and I went to H&M and bought a suit, bro, for like 150. And I pulled up to the meeting. I, before the meeting, I went to my brother's house. And I was like, yo, bro, tie my tie and put yeah, it on yeah. me. Because I ain't know nothing. And I, it was just, it was a crazy experience, bro. And um, that was when I first sparked, like, damn, like, you know, maybe I should go to college and, and whatnot. And that lady offered me an internship at her office. And that was the first environment where I used to go in with a suit. I wore the same suit every day, bro. I just changed my shirt oh, to yeah. one of the shirts. And I was just like, yo, that's my suit. I started going there. I started meeting people, you know, in corporate America and, and they would talk business and stocks and bonds and life insurance and things like that. What and was I that was, like? Bro, that shit was different. It was it was a different world. And that was my first real exposure. Like, mm-hmm. son, like I used to go to I used to go to high school, bro, in the South Bronx wearing a suit. Homies used to look at me like I was crazy. Like, why is this kid wearing a suit right now? And it's because I would have my internship right after. So she was like, yo, whatever you make selling candy, I just pay you. So you wow. don't sell candy no more. And then I just stopped selling candy and I started going to that office every day after school. Um, we actually even had a, a learning to work program as well that paid you to intern. And um, yeah, bro, it was different. It was so, you're te- so you're telling me even back then you were comfortable being yourself in that environment for the first time? That, that environment was different. Like, I, okay. you know, I had, to, I had to learn to conform to that environment because I didn't know what that environment was like. You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't know what that was like. I just, I was very quiet, actually. I used to just get there, get introduced to people. Where are you from? I'm Dominican. I'm from the Bronx. I go to this school. I like this and I like that. You know what I mean? Because at that point, I was very observative. I was I was in a space I didn't understand. I didn't know what that was like. Yeah, Everybody yeah. that I saw in front of me, I just thought they were better than me. They were just smarter than me. You know what I mean? It, it would make sense, right? And um, yeah, bro, I was very quiet, very observative. I wasn't really too out there like that back then. Unless it was like a impromptu meeting after, and then they was talking about their days in college and high school and their family. And I was like, 
oh, okay, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I just see Dominicano, and I like this, and I like that, you know, and I'm from here, and my family's like this, and this, you know, so, yeah. Okay, all right. I'm like, bro, you just, you were born with all this shit? I'm like, nah, damn, this nah, dude's nah. crazy, bro. Yeah, all right, all right. It's been going up, you know what I mean? Like, the more experience I get, the more I realize to just be myself. Like, I just, I, I've seen a lot. I've, I've tried before to be, like, the norm, you know what I yeah. mean? But it's just... It ain't that like being yourself, you know what I mean? It's just this is my experience. Yeah, everybody's yeah. experience is different. You know, you once you embrace it, you see a whole different side of yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, nah, that's facts, man. Um, and it's interesting too, man. I was having a conversation with um someone else the other day, and she's um not in the coffee industry, but um she's in the wine industry. And this quote like always stuck with me. And I kind of think about it like maybe it applies to coffee as well. But she said, um, like when we think of wine, we often think of the Latinx community or Latinos or Latinas as the farmers and not as, as the owners. Um, nice. And I'm wondering like, cause like, honestly, I can't name a, a Latino wine maker. Like maybe that's just ignorance on my part. Right. But like, what is diversity like even within the coffee industry? Like, is that a challenge as well? Uh, it's the same thing, bro. Literally the yeah. same thing, the same quote <laughs> applies to us. Um, and that's kind of what I was touching on earlier in the equity part. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Uh, yesterday, I was with this farmer from San Jose de la Mata, Sahoma, in the uh, Dominican Republic. And we were just trying some coffee samples from his farm and talking about, you know what I mean, the quality that it has, how it could improve. It's, re it's really good, though. You know what I mean? And mm. I was just like, yo, there's, there, anything could always be better. I could always be, be a better roaster. I could always be a better salesperson. You know what I mean? So I was just like, yo, this is great. How can we make it even better? This is what we need to do. And me and him really resonated with each other because it was just like, yo, like we trying to talk about equity. Like Dominican Republic imports more coffee than it exports. How does a country that produces really? something, bro, we import more coffee than we export. How does that make sense? We produce the product. We consume so much coffee that we import more to fulfill the demand. Most of our high quality product that's niche, it's a very small amount, gets yeah. exported here to Europe, to Japan, stuff like that. And we don't get the cream of the crop. Same thing in Colombia, bro. They don't get, the, they don't drink the cream of the crop. That all gets exported, and they drink to the, the low grade and stuff like that. Unless you know they, they have small shops, but it's not to the same degree as here. And yeah, um, yeah the equity is just not the same. Like we're all producers, we all sell it, we all get chump change. The people who get the least amount of money, you know, in coffee is the farmers itself yeah you know i mean for the amount of money you get for a latte and, and a drip coffee here it's three three fifty four dollars hey, they're getting cents on that they're getting cents they're not getting a full-blown dollar you know what i mean so it's it's like that and and that's what i'm talking about about equity so when i throw equity around it's that sense of like yo let's work let's build you know what i'm saying like let's let me pay you more and you produce a higher quality let me pay you more and you we build a good relationship you know what i mean yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah we're getting there you know what i mean this is whole new movement right now my boy bartholomew from from memphis he, he his brand is coffee black and it's just yeah. they call, make coffee black again you know what i mean and and i rock with it so hard because it's like yo like it, it, it's funny because it's you could you could twist it and it's like just drink coffee black just make coffee black again you know what i mean but then at the same time it's like make coffee black again in terms of ownership you yeah. know what i mean like we produce the coffee coffee started in ethiopia you know what i'm saying like it started in africa and then it got brought out to different places and we produce it, but we don't own it. The people making the real money 
it's the people here who own all these shops and all these roasting rooms and they get the real bag for the bag that's produced back home. You know what I mean? So, so now we're in that transition of like, yo, let's be more aware of where our money goes and who we buy from. And that's what I call ethical consumerism where you, you gotta be on, you're on top of who you're, where you're spending your money. Like I tell people like, you might not have time to go protest at wall street. You might not have time to go protest at times square, but, but you could protest with your dollars. You could talk with your money. So it, it matters where your money goes because you're making a statement with that. You know what I mean? So that's, that's where things like USC are organic and, and, you know, fair trade come in and all of these things, which is a whole nother ball game. But, you know, do your research and you will know the truth about people. You know what I mean? Nowadays, we have so many resources and information flying around. You know, it's, it's easy for people to get educated. That's interesting, man. That's why that's why it's so crazy. Well, that's why like I love your business so much because like the impact that you're driving is so much bigger than even you, right? Like the money that you're making, right, potentially is even going back into the Bronx. But even like from a supplier standpoint, right? Like you're getting these beans from the community as well. You know what I mean? Like people that look like you, people that from your background, man. So like, as you grow, like essentially like everyone around you has grown as well. Facts, facts, exactly. And honestly, it's very tough to get beans directly. Cause like when you're a small scale producer and like, well, at least when you're a small scale roaster or coffee brand, the volume that you're moving is not significant to the point where it makes sense for you to move in these volumes. When you import stuff from one country to another, bro, it's all about volume. It's all big numbers. It's all containers, yeah. 40,000 plus pounds. Like, it's ridiculous. So then typically what my trick is, is like, yo, let me just work with people. Like, I don't look at people like my, they're my competitors. I'm like, bro, we don't got to be going head again. Head, we don't got a headbutt. We clearly got two different clientele. Like, bro, let's just, let's just unite. If all three of us, all four of us unite and we buy this together, we can all get a better price. We can all get it here easily. And we go help the community. You know what I'm saying? And and that's what I, that's the thing about the coffee industry. Like right now, I've I've, I've been blessed to meet people who wavelength, and they're just like, yo, like we, yes, we're competitors, but look, we're gonna be alright. Like we we you serve a whole different demographic. I'm good, you good, ah ah. But the coffee coffee industry is huge. You know what I mean? We we'll be alright. And um, it's that sense of like, yo, it's it's hard to to do these big moves. But when you combine the people and get support from the community, you're able to execute them, you know, and that's kind of my mentality toward moving forward. Like, yo, let's unite. Let me buy all this coffee from this farm and let me talk to local homies. Like, yo, I got this Dominican. You want to try this? Like, I don't want to just hold all of it. I'd rather that farmer sells more coffee, bro. If you sell Dominican, I sell Dominican. Now we're all making money. We're all moving this guy's coffee and we all win at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you might roast it better than me. I don't know. I might roast it better than you. It, bro, it doesn't matter. The thing is that you, somebody's buying it from you. Somebody's buying it from me. That's it. <laughs> you feel me? So, <laughs> you know, it's everybody going to eat. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so dope. Yeah. That's dope, man. And I love that. And I know we're at time, man. So I'll finish up with this one last question. You know, as you, as you move forward, right, and you think about, you know, just continuing in your journey, right, because no one's finished. We're still learning. You know, what's one thing that continues to inspire you and empower you to continue being your most authentic self? I would say I, I think about where I come from, you know what I mean? And, and, and my family, you know, the logo of my company is my grandfather. You know, I see my nephew here, you know, at the office sometimes. And I'm just always like, you know what I mean? Like, how can I keep on 
living what my grandfather lived that came to an end how can i carry that torch forward and then how can i look at my little nephew and be like yo listen we're dominican listen we're the new generation you know like let's just keep on being ourselves and i always look at my little nephew and i'm like yo you're the coolest kid i know like you you're perfect how you are man don't worry about it just how you speak how you look don't worry about it like you're good you're, you're the coolest kid i know and you're my best friend you know what i mean like i talk to him and i'm like yo let me give you some confidence it's okay to be yourself and i think us to be the most authentic piece that we could be it's just like you just embrace where you come from and who you are some people don't like that and they want to build something different that's cool but i think it's important for you to you know just embrace your dominicanness your latinoness you know your 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 cafecitoness like whatever you like wherever you're from just embrace it you know what i mean and and if it's not something you identify with that's cool whatever you identify with just 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 embrace it just embrace whatever makes you feel comfortable and whatever you think is you